What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 23 of The Overview. I'm Chanman V, and joined by Fishsticks. Oh, my camera is uh, doing something really, really cool right now. Which you I'm look like a visionary. Right. I know, okay. I'm going to have to future. fix that for a second. But uh, yeah, Fishsticks, Doa, welcome to the show, of course. You know, my, uh, joining me today, and got lots of stuff to talk about. You guys talk while I fix this real quick. Hold on. Oh, welcome right. to another episode of The Overview. My name is Chan Man V. Uh, no, uh, my name is Fishtix, and that's Doa. What's up, Eric? How you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. It's 11 a.m. in Korea, so uh, esports morning has just begun. And uh, I'm awake and chipper watching yeah, some uh, Alienware monthly melee on the other monitor. Hopefully I won't be too distracted. Oh, gosh, great. Yeah, I think we all have it on the other monitor, uh, which is happening right now. But hopefully you guys can... What, all of you watching right now, hopefully you can watch both of them at the same time. Because we got a lot of great discussion to talk They're about. They're much today. more interesting. To of course, to. of course, right? You can watch the same teams play each other, like, you know, at the tournament tomorrow. Five too. times a week. Five times They're a week. like every exactly. day. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, but actually, there's a good match between Cloud9 and um, Fnatic going on right now. So that's good. It's like these, these second place, these second, third place matches are... are much more entertaining than the actual grand finals. <laughs> so. We have the finals who are just envious crushing people right. every tournament. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, tonight, guys, we got lots, uh, lots in the lineup. Uh, we've uh, patch. Seems like always we were we do shows. At least we did doing a late show, so we actually get a, pat, a few hours before uh, our, to play the patch. So a uh, few changes balance wise. Uh, we've got some graphic novel news as well as a new comic. Uh, a, a pretty interesting article that I, I just wanted to link and maybe just bring up uh, where a Street Fighter designer talked about just uh, the ELO and rank, ranking system currently in, in uh, competitive Overwatch. Um, esports news, some team news, some team drama and team news. So we should cover a little bit of that uh, as well as a bunch of events. Uh, a rundown of Overwatch Open, ESL Atlantic Showdown, some of the GOSU events. And then Doa can catch us up on the Nexus Cup finals that happened uh, earlier this week too. Um, right. And then Meta Talk, just what we've seen so far with uh, all the events and with the changes now, you know, week, week and a half and, um, with all the players practicing and things like that. You know, what, what have we seen? And at the end, of course, we're going to do some Q&A. So go ahead and uh, tweet your questions to the Overview GG or, or at me, at ChamMV. Uh, otherwise, we'll probably take some from Twitch chat like we always do. But okay, patch, guys. So a patch rolled out earlier today that, uh, you know, some, some balance changes to McCree. I'm not sure if it's a nerf or a buff. You know, I, I think it might just be balanced, actually. Uh, I would change. call it a balance. Yeah. It's just yeah, a change. Yeah. First impression. First yeah. impression. Yeah. I mean, it looks, uh, it looks okay. I mean, uh, clearly, I think his uh, damage range was a little bit long for his primary fire. And so yeah. seeing that reduce is probably uh, probably going to be a helpful thing for uh, Pharah players everywhere, perhaps. And uh, yeah. hey, you know, nobody was using Fan the Hammer like at all. So uh, now already, you know, in this tournament today, we're seeing people start to use it again. So well, I you know, again, it's very early, but it seems good on first glance. Yeah, and just to catch everybody up, you know, at least the folks listening, um, the the changes that we see, we're, we got Anna too, but since we brought up McCree first, uh, Peacemaker, uh, you know, the the primary fire. 
the the fall off range is decreased by 10 meters now so um you know it, you, you can't shoot quite as far and still have you know just max damage like uh, we were seeing here it's still further than it was before the the last change uh but but definitely a, a bit less also the alternate fire like like uh, doe was saying a uh, family hammer the rate of fire is increased by 15 percent and then the flashbang recovery time is decreased from half second to 0.35 seconds so um Sounds like everything with the whole flashbang and fan the hammer combo was was increased or buffed, while the the left click was obviously uh, uh, nerfed a little bit, which really really needed it because I suck at McCree and I was just wrecking with the McCree. Anytime I played McCree, I was just using left click the whole time, running around just shooting down pharaohs, shooting whatever wasn't behind Reinhardt shields or Diva matrixes, and it was it was pretty easy actually. <laughs> It needed to be changed. Definitely needed to be changed. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great change because, as you rightly said, Doa, no one was using Fan the Hammer. It just yeah. wasn't good. Uh, even against tanks, it wasn't really doing what it was supposed to. So now Fan the Hammer is relevant again, shoots a lot faster. Um, and also, of course, you have more time uh, after the flashbang to aim for the headshots mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing left click or yeah. if you're against the tank, you can still fan the hammer and have a little bit more time, uh, both in the shorter fan the hammer and the uh, more more time after the flashbang goes off. Yeah. And of course, we all know that uh, McCree, the joke that you heard in like every other public game or every other competitive match was like, Mick Widow, he's like another sniper. So <laughs> thank God that that's, uh, that's going the way yeah. of the dodo and, and disappearing from, uh, from the competitive games that we've been all been playing. I'm super happy about that as like a Pharah player and somebody who does typically play long distance against McCree. It did feel kind of rough getting, you know, you know, three body shots and you're freaking dead and that can just happen in a second. So this brings McCree kind of to where I believe Blizzard wants him to be. Uh, he's yeah. incredibly good at killing flankers, incredibly good in that he can uh, he can still stop reaper in the middle of his ultimate he can flashbang mm -hmm. a pesky tracer and, t and headshot her and she's dead mm -hmm. she can he can still deal okay with genji but he just doesn't have that same super super long distance uh range and i think honestly i think this is not going to impact his pick rate no, a ton I, so. I still think he's going to be picked in almost every uh combination because he's still so good in so many situations it's just a very particular situation that he's not quite as good anymore so yeah i love this change yeah, it'll be interesting to just, it'll be interesting to get a feel for uh, at least what the decrease is because you know there's no visual indicator as to you know when it happens like you know some like a ferret in the air doesn't turn yellow whenever he's you know she's in in range versus not in range so I think I'll pick a little bit of getting used to because ten meters I mean that doesn't that that's hard to get a sense for right um so she he's gonna feel it out after a while yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'll probably have to like play some Farah and see see how how much damage like those McCrees are doing. But um, yeah, at least we'll see some Farahs. Right now we're seeing like zero Farahs in in any of these pro games. Well, I mean uh, the uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but mm -hmm. it seems like the big problem for Farah right now is yeah McCree was like harsh, but Diva really seems to be kind of the prime yep, culprit. A culprit rather not in that she can not only uh, soak the ultimate, of course, but she can also just soak a lot of the regular attacks that Farrah does. Um, I had the opportunity to watch some uh, Envious scrims uh, earlier this week, and I was talking to them in Cloud9, and the general consensus seemed to be that like Diva was a bigger problem for Farrah than anything. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see um, 
if Farah maybe does make a little bit of a comeback, but I, I still think she's got to deal with Diva, which is the main problem right now. And Discord orbs. <laughs> yeah, Discord yeah, orbs. Yeah, that too, right yeah, just all. Good Zenyatta's <laughs> can figure out of the air too, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not, they're, it's pretty easy actually to shoot shoot fair out of the air with Zenyatta. Um, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right with that, Dua. I think the Matrix is like so much better than say like a Reinhardt shield. You know, a lot of people are saying, yeah, Reinhardt shield was good against Vera too. But the difference is, guys, is that the rockets not only eventually get through the shield, you know, and you know if you're literally hitting the shield com- completely, you'll you'll kill the Reinhardt too eventually with an ult. But also the rockets explode off the shield too, so they they still get some a little they can get like a little bit of damage too, you know that in that fashion where the diva, the diva matrix literally eats the rock. I mean, the rockets just disappear completely. Yeah. So it, it's such a huge difference, you know, in terms of talking about tanks and dealing with that as well as you know, like you said, just one at a time, just one shot at a time. Which Ben, you actually predicted right, like the first time we talked about diva, which is just like just tapping the button every time a Pharaoh shot's coming. And just eating yep. it up, and I think we're seeing that a lot too. So, yeah, definitely divas tough times. May not be shot out of the air as much with McCree, but still, the damage is just not quite as effective as it used to be. Yeah, um, I think I think divas defensive matrix needs to be uh, not a <laughs> not a toggle. I'd like to see. I like the toggle. toggle. I like the toggle I like actually. The toggle. Well, yeah, I'm sure that. diva players like the toggle, no. but. Everyone who has a projectile in the game probably isn't a huge fan. Just of make it three seconds instead of four. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's too long. I think that's the something like thing. that. I, I think like that's a significant change. That'd be twenty five percent less duration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something like that could probably bring it into line with where it should be. I don't know. Hard to Maybe. say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Anna. So Anna had actually had a change to her biotic rifle. So rate of a inc- well, rate of fire increased by twenty percent, and magazine size increased from eight to ten, which it used to be six. So it's gone from six to yeah. eight, and then now eight to ten. Obviously, a, a a pretty big issue, and we haven't seen Anna at all in these events. Uh, Partially because people haven't practiced with her enough, you know, to really feel that confident, but still a little surprising. You think somebody would have tried, you know, some kind of very selective scenario on some map and and using Ana, because I know a lot of people have been trying her out, and, and I mean, I definitely see a bunch like on streams and uh, whatever matches I do see, but not yet in any of the events, at least from the top teams. Yeah, I yeah. think we will eventually, but I think more than anything. Teams just need more practice with her, you know? It's like, where does she fit in with the comps right now? And the big question, too, is, like, who on the team is going to play her? Because she's a different skill set, generally, than what a lot of support players might have. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of a question teams need to figure out, too, is that, like, do we actually have our supports play Anna, or do we maybe have one of our DPSers play her? You know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how teams kind of handle that. Yeah, yeah. I think she's so good. Like she is. she's really good. her her ability to heal is probably. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, you got to aim. Uh, the healing with the gun itself isn't that great. If you combo it with the grenade, then it's much much better. But it's you know that that's very situational. She's not as good of a healer as uh, Lucio or or someone else. Uh, but not super hard. I mean, her people. sleep ability alone, I think, has so much potential. In every single mm-hmm. team fight, if you can hit that one sleep at, at the crucial time, you're taking one player out of the fight for five seconds. Like that alone is such a big deal. Um, and you have to you have to imagine with ten shots per clip 
and now shooting at a much higher rate, she's going to be healing faster, but she's also going to be doing damage faster. Like this actually makes her a more credible threat uh, to actually get kills now as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she's gonna, always going to be so, so hard to use. She's going to have a really high skill ceiling, but I think there's some people who are going to start showing up yeah. sooner than later as like incredible game changing uh, Anna's. Uh, and, like that sleep, I think people are sleeping on the sleep because uh, oh. <laughs> that's just such a ridiculous ability, man. Well, you know, what's I mean, fun, she has the potential to be kind of like a, a super Zenyatta almost. You know, I mean, yeah. a different alt, of course, yeah. but just in terms of like, I feel like Zenyatta offers a lot of pushing power, specifically on offense, and I feel like uh, Anna can offer a lot of that same utility too. Once people start to get really good with her, yeah, I mean, the her ultimate is just like breaking, you know, defense. The, you know, defensive breaking type of alt, and I think what will eventually happen too, like to your point, Ben, is that both teams will play Ana, and like the only way to stop that alt will be to sleep, sleep, the, you know, sleep the person with the alt too, and that's going to be pretty crucial, I think, to to the compositions. But um, the pros will will definitely be able to highlight all of these these amazing plays because you know at I think at, at the level I'm playing at, we're not going to see any of those epic sleeps, and you know, sleeps are just hard to pull off those. Those uh, ult changing sleeps or those sleeps on the healers, those are probably going to be the biggest things, right? Just putting those those healers down, but uh, during a during a fight and it, it actually costing one team, you know, just that that team battle. So can't wait to see it and starting to see the beginnings of it when I watch some of these players play and it, it's going to get there. I, I, I hope we see it some of these guys. big finals. Out for one week. I know. I know. It will happen. It's It'll like, take time. Like, think of it in terms of like a you know lol or whatever, right? right. I mean, it, it takes like at least generally a month before you see teams start to really effectively use a new uh, character that's available. So, yeah. I think it's reasonable to think we're going to see something similar in, in Overwatch, and it may even take longer because there's less characters and things are so refined already. You know? Yeah. How killable do you think Ana is right now? Like uh, when I when uh, I see good very generally. You yeah. Think so? Okay. Cool. She, yeah, I, yeah, I, she's kind of hopeless if you miss the sleep, I think. Yeah. Right? I think uh, a good Anna is going to be really hard to flank, but uh, she's also very unforgiving. Like, I don't know. She keeps reminding me of Zenyatta in that, uh, like, Zenyatta had the potential, I'm talking pre-patch Zenyatta, to be very good and very effective, but he was just very unforgiving to play, right? I mean, you really had to do everything right to be effective and also survive. And Anna seems to be in a similar camp, you know, with the limited experiences I've had with her. I mean, the grenade, she can heal herself as well as sleep. So she, she does have that aspect. Yeah, she has that. No but, mobility, you know, but she can know. heal herself at least uh, instantly. But I don't think she can put people down. In, in a with the high rate of fire, maybe she'll be better at yeah, maybe. You know, 1v1ing in case somebody gets into the back lines. But... Yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't played it yet since the patch. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, uh, I, you know, I've only pl I've only played about five games with it so far, and it's, it's been hard to tell. I don't usually play on it either, so um, hard to say so far. I have to play another another few days worth, or at least a week's worth, and talk about it again. Like the catch twenty two is that I only want to play competitive, but I don't think my Anna is good enough to play in competitive I know, yet. Right? So I'm just not yeah. To play Anna. <laughs> I'm in the same place, man. I'm actually having a character crisis right now. Yeah, like, between, I need to do between what? I can make myself do some mana quick play. I, I can't play Thera anymore, which was one of my most played characters. Mm -hmm. And I used to play a shit ton of 76 on defense. And oh, I can't really play 76 anymore. Like, 
At man. first, I was like, oh, he's fine. He's still totally viable. The more I played him, man, it's really tough. When when the attacking team is just pushing straight in on you, yeah, you don't have time to let your spread go back to not zero. So yes, I feel like seventy six is in a rough place. Uh, I think I need to learn Zenyatta. That's that's what I've decided. But I'm afraid of the of losing all my ranked points as well. Oh no, we've got oh, he's this, so much uh, fun. See, I've been preparing anxiety. for this since the first day I got in the beta. Man, I've been playing Zenyatta so much, and now finally. He was buffed like I knew he always would be. I, <laughs> I used to play a lot too. I used to play a lot as Zenyatta, and then, and then I, I ended up shading more towards the the Mercies and Alicia's just because of meta. So it, it is it is pretty cool to have Zenyatta back, and it just feels good. Zen, Zenyatta's shooting, you know, like his left click. It, there's a different feel to that versus any of the other characters. That I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it feels really good. It feels like you're throwing darts that go literally through people. And uh, they did it a really does, good job with that. But yeah. his, uh, it's like really slow. I think it's that's one of the hardest parts about him yeah. is like learning how to hit people with your left click because you really have to lead them. Lead them, yeah, you do. Um, but man, ladder anxiety. Then are we really seeing that? I hope we don't see too much of that. It's just a game. You can take a dip. It's cool. And just come back. Right, come right back. <laughs> nah, up. dude. Nah, dude. I don't ever nah, want to go below nah, seventy dude. again. Oh man, this is quick play, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so real quick, we we have a couple um, non-game news. You know, in terms of Overwatch with the comic and a new graphic novel novel actually announced for April two thousand seventeen. So uh, Blizzard has joined forces with uh, Dark Horse uh, to uh, combine to uh, Dark Horse Comics to combine to to release a new graphic novel that we'll see later next year, and then it's going to be followed up by an art book uh, right after, which is that's pretty cool. You know, I think the Overwatch that's art cool. has been very impressive. Uh, just continuing on with the the different types of media that we're going to be seeing for Overwatch. And um, if you're a fan of the comics, well, another comic came out this past week too. That was, um, let's see, what was it called? Actually, it was it was the first comic that actually had um, you know kind of multiple characters in it, old right? Old soldiers. soldiers, old soldiers. That's what it's called. And yeah, um, yeah this one had the, the soldier, Anna, Reaper type of uh, story. It, it's it's to it's up to date. So it they, it's not talking about like back in the old days. It's more about like what's going on right now. Um, probably ahead of anything that we've seen so far in terms of the storyline. Um, uh, the interaction was okay. So Doa, you didn't sound like you liked this this uh, issue very much. I don't know. Uh, maybe I felt like I've been keeping up on the lore pretty pretty closely, but mm-hmm. a lot of this comic didn't make a ton of sense to me. You know, I, I don't want to judge it too harshly because I've only read it once, and I, maybe I need to go back and read it more carefully. But uh, it didn't. Uh, it didn't hold my interest uh, like the other ones did. Honestly, I like the characters, but the story seemed a little bit, uh, a little bit meh. Hmm. Okay, Ben, did you get a chance to look at it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to see backstory for kind of like the core, or not. It's not even backstory, like you said. It's kind of the current. It's the, it's the elders. Situation. <laughs> yeah, basically. but it's like the the old Overwatch squad getting back together and fighting each other. Um. But yeah, I mean, on I guess I'll, it's hard to tell. I guess I, I'll just, I'm just wondering, like, what is the plot actually? <laughs> like, why are they in a nuke this? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? Like, exactly. 
What are they doing absolutely there? Absolutely like, nothing. How do they relate to each other? Who's working for who? Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like any of that was really explained, you know, in the comic. Maybe there's other lore that would make all this make sense, but um, I must have missed it. Yeah, there's a little bit, you know, there's obviously these hints at what happened in the past. And I think a lot of the things that we're seeing all tend to, you know, try to make what, what's happened already a little bit clearer. But the present, yeah, no idea what's going on in the present. Like last we saw, Soldier was, you know, just kind of doing his own thing, right? And, you know, just, just uh, everybody was just literally doing their own thing. And then now they, they just kind of come together and it looks like Anna and Soldier are going to be be uh, uh, teaming up from here on out. And then Reaper, I mean, he actually didn't seem like such a villain in this one, right? It almost seemed like he was, you know, something happened to him, right? And, and there's obviously a whole story behind that as to, like, why he became this ghost-like character. Yeah. He <laughs> was just I mean, a normal dude before, so. Well, it seems like his story is kind of the classic uh, tragedy of the jealous second, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, that don't make sense. Then turn into Frankenstein type of thing, like trying to get more power. Uh, you know, more like uh, more like Scar from Lion King, right? Yeah, but Where Scar from like Lion King, if he turned the into king, some super close enough to be jealous and maybe take power, kind of thing. Okay, but that wouldn't explain like the whole turning into a ghost phasing all this weird stuff too well so. no i'm just saying like where the character was at before this happened yeah 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 okay you know, yeah. motivations for having this change happen right yeah i could and obviously there was feelings which were then exacerbated by the catalyst event which is whatever turned him into what he is now you know yeah yeah so yeah so i was yeah. i was wearing my my soldier 76 shirt yesterday and it's got the silhouette of 76 with the, the white hair coming out the top. Oh, and my coworker is like, oh, nice Bernie Sanders shirt. Oh, my uh, gosh. Seriously? Nice meme, dude. Nice meme. Oh, Bernie Sanders. He's our new dad. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. All right. Um, next up. Uh, so I have this article from um, a Street Fighter uh, designer who was com- uh, basically wrote an article on uh, Serlin. Uh, yeah, Serlin.net, which I'll link here in the Twitch chat. And it was his, his um, I guess, analysis and opinions on, I guess, how Overwatch treats ELO and, and ranking up and ranking down, what his take was on even just taking into account individual performance during a game and, and that affecting you know got how much you go up and down to. And um, a lot of good points. I mean, I'm not going to really go through the entire article, but... Um, one of the few things that you know to to really um, note from the the article is that he does believe that there is such thing as an elo hell, and generally he doesn't believe that individual performance should be taken into account when determining you know just just elo, uh, and I well elo hell I definitely believe <laughs> exists especially uh, you know like I was saying before I think it's in that. 40s and low 50s area where people are still being placed and ranked and, and things like that, particularly early on. Um, but yeah, what are your your guys' thoughts on the individual performance being played, playing a part? Because when it first came out, I, I think a lot of us thought it was a good idea. But now, what do you guys think? Uh, I don't. I don't think I was ever really in favor of individual performance. Okay counting because how do you track individual performance i mean right sometimes i play reinhardt and i get a bunch of fucking kills and i feel like a badass and then other times i play reinhardt and it's two minutes into the game and i've done 220 damage and i'm like oh this is embarrassing but i'm still doing a good service for my team so 
I don't think that there's a good way to judge individual performance accurately. Like it's this game is too team dependent, too objective mm-hmm. dependent to really make huge. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't love uh, the fact that it's based on your performance. I'll go. I'll say that. Um, I mean, for me, I I would definitely never claim to be an expert in uh, ranking systems or anything like that. Uh, a lot of it is mathematically way beyond what <laughs> right. my feeble play-by-play brain can handle. But uh, I, you know, it, it makes sense that if it's a team game, you know, you focus more on the results of the team in general. You know, I think if that's the primary focus of the ranking system, it promotes the type of play that, uh, you know, makes people work together, you know, and, and try to achieve whatever goal the map has. And right. so, I don't know, I can't really say, you know, how good or bad the current system is. Um, you know, the, the fact that it's based so much on individual skill, I think, uh, obviously does hurt uh, support players like me a little bit because uh, the stats, the numbers that we get, you know, aren't going to be as big as DPS players in terms of eliminations. And it seems like maybe healing isn't uh, counterweighted strong enough to make up for that. Right. Just in terms of, you know, what I've seen uh, in the results of my own play in the the low 50s, low to mid 50s, and uh, what my friends have seen, you know, as as DPS mains. So, uh, I you know, again, like, I, I don't understand it fully, and I probably never will, but uh, just in my personal feeling, it seems like it's it, it punishes players that play a certain type of role, which it shouldn't. And, um, you know, maybe it would be good to see more of a focus on team results over uh, individual play, but... Yeah, you know, it'd be nice to learn a little bit more about it, but I I, I doubt we will. <laughs> yeah, and I actually I, I want to like I want to ask this person who wrote this article like how does he I mean what do we actually know how big is individual performance taken into account I really don't know the answer to that I have never noticed it playing like I don't know so I mean at the end of the day you only move up if you win and you only move down yeah. if you lose so it, you yeah. know they're yeah. It is, there is that, you know, you're not going to, if you play super well, but still lose, you're never going to move up, you know? Yeah, but it's one of those things where, like, when you lose, you lose a lot more than when you win, like how much you gain when you win. And I Uh, I haven't been seeing that as much lately in my own games anyway. I tend to see that, especially when I'm playing support. I tend to see that quite a bit because with support, obviously, you're not going to get many kills. I mean, maybe with Lucio, you know, I'll get a decent number of limbs and... I'm playing like a really bad team, you know. I'll, I'll literally meddle with Lucio, you know, um, a lot of times. But uh, like you know, on eliminations and, th- and not damage, but definitely eliminations. But in terms of heal, you know, you're always getting gold medal for heal, and that, that's almost like a given. So at the same time, you know, it's it's hard to measure just purely on what medal you get, right? Um, but you know, there'll definitely be some Lucio games where, um, you know, my team just can't stay. Like they just die, you know. Like they're just not good, you know. And I I feel like I pay a huge price, you know, as a support player. Because of that, because I can't do any healing if they're, you know, they literally just die instantly. Um, and so what I actually, I've seen, honestly, at where I am, I definitely drop more than I gain, uh, which, you know, that, that causes this whole ELO health thing. Uh, whenever, you know, you have certain players that, that can carry and then they, you know, they can get you up and then you have certain players that can't carry and you're not playing a DPS you know, you're not playing DPS characters. So you rely on other people to do that. And I don't, you know, like the way they, they, they place you and the way they, they um, group you guys doesn't necessarily have anything to do. I don't think it has anything to do with that right now. You know, it's just purely your ELO ranking. So what you're saying is ELO hell exists for support and tanks. Yes. I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, 
I, with my own personal experience lately, I've been moving up with a win more than I move down with a loss. Uh, the only, the one thing I notice is I don't tend to move up as far as, you know, some DPS friends that I see, but, uh, I'm definitely moving up farther than I'm moving down in general. If I perform well, if I have a really bad game where I only get like 60 limbs or something like that, then I move down, you know, quite a bit. But if I have like an average game where I'm looking at like, you know, what, like 20 limbs or something like that in a average, like payload map, and uh, I have like a pretty good game healing overall, like gold or silver. Then I tend to, to I tend to move up about two thirds of a rank, and I'm sitting at fifty four right now for that well, frame of reference. I think it depends on who you play to, because you're playing Zen, and and you know I've I've mentioned on the show before that I think Zen in time at times is miscategorized. You know he's he's very Still, much though, a DPS. Much. He's a very much a DPS I, character I, too. My playtime in competitive, I have uh, three times as much Lucio playtime as Zen playtime okay. yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean Lucio is definitely again better because I th- I feel like the more well-rounded support players, the the better chance you have at, at least this, this performance, you know, uh, whatever this performance score is. But if you're playing Mercy and your team is literally just like doing dumb things and dying super yeah, quick, yeah, Mercy's impossible. Then like yeah. you, I literally have like four thousand healing, which is really bad, you know, like for a match. Like I have four thousand healing, but I, I mean what else can I do? You know, I can't do anything when I'm when when my team is you know isn't doing very much and then I, I take a huge hit for the loss. You know, and that's where Yeah, I don't play Mercy in competitive anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyways I don't really like Mercy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways like You know what, Eric? No one else does either. Yeah, that's the She's not one. bloodthirsty enough for me. I that's, have a friend that's who's like a mercy main, and he's like a really good mercy. And we were queuing the other night, yeah. and every single game, all of our teammates were just like, need I really need prefer Zidjana. I'd really prefer Lucio, like anything but mercy. I'm like, oh God. If anyone questions my pick in a competitive match, I automatically mute them. I'm like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I don't care. I'm playing what I want to play, get man. I'm not going to question what you want to play. If you oh, want to play... Torbjorn on offense on Hanamura. I don't even, I don't care, man. Go for it. But don't question what I'm doing. You know? All right. I guess we're not going to be queuing together anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. Well, you don't get any healing either. <laughs> so you shouldn't there criticize you the healer because they won't heal you. No, nah, I mean, they better heal you. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to die too. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's a good article. Definitely read up on it. And again, it's it's, it's a it's a very, uh, very well-known uh, Street Fighter designer, Serlin. So uh, take a look at that. Um, esports news. Okay, so we've got, we've had two pretty big, uh, pretty big team news headlining um, this week. The first one um, actually being the biggest one. The TS, so TSM picks up Code Seven, uh, and this is obviously huge, given that TSM is is a very very large esports brand that we've seen in you know multiple esports. Obviously, particularly League of Legends, just most famous for that. Uh, and the picking up Code Seven. Uh, Code Seven's been performing really, really well the last you know few weeks, maybe even months now. Uh, arguably the second best Overwatch team in the world right now. I, yep. I, I don't think anybody would argue with that, given their the results. Um, but along with Code Seven, obviously it comes with the whole accusation stuff with the TGO brothers, and um, it's escalated. You know, like there's you know, there was a the the competitive overwatch reddit subreddit had you know just reactions i guess to tsm picking up code 7 and instead of just like you know having this joy of having a very large esports brand come and pick up you know an, another team uh it was more just being disappointed actually that tsm picked up you know a, a team that potentially has you know hackers on on or just cheaters on on, on their roster so um 
thoughts on just, I guess, how the community reacted? Well, first of all, it's getting to the point where it's easier to count the teams, the major esports teams that aren't in Overwatch than are. Like, basically everyone. Okay, true. Like, almost every major team has yeah, joined the fray. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet to see TSM picking them up. Obviously. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about Code 7 last week on the show, and mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, I, I really hate seeing Reddit be the judge, jury, and executioner yes. in a lot of these cases. And there's just so much misinformation floating around. People so unwilling to actually listen uh, to what I believe to be the truth. Um, you know, the the I think I forget if it was Torque or Nicholas, but they one of the two made a post on the subreddit explaining their past and saying, "Yes, we made a horrible mistake. You know, we uh, you know we have cheated in games in the past, but we're totally legit. We're totally clean." People aren't willing to hear that, um, and I think there is an interesting discussion to be had. Uh, about should you know how should we approach people who have a past of hacking mm-hmm. uh, maybe yeah. two, three, four, five, six, ten years ago, whatever, uh, how do we accept them to their community? Do we completely stonewall them? Do we accept them? Is it somewhere in the middle? is if it's less than a year, do we stonewall them? If it's less than two years? like that's an interesting discussion to be had, but uh, what i what I hate seeing is, oh, they're hackers, they've hacked in overwatch, there's proof of it. Uh, people were saying that they've hacked in organized competitive leagues, which is not true. They were they were banned on the by Sevo's anti cheat software, but it wasn't in a c- competitive league that they actually used those hacks, at least to my knowledge. So I don't know. It, it, it's tough to be a community member who's kind of in the know, who knows a lot of the players personally. I met Torque and Nicholas at Agents Rising. I just it hurts. It hurts to be part of the community and see us just turn on each other. Uh, so I hope that people do have an open mind. And I don't condone cheating, of course. It's terrible what they did. If, if uh, even if it was just in a public game or in in, uh, in pickup games or whatever, it's still terrible and despicable. But there's sh- there's a point where we should give folks a second chance mm-hmm. and not jump to these crazy conclusions based on little to no evidence whatsoever. Um, I, I just think guilt, uh, innocent until, until proven guilty in in Overwatch. Like let's let past be past and and look at the future uh, with these guys in Overwatch. I mean that's my that's my opinion on it. It's it's all very feeling based, but that's how I feel about the situation. I don't know. Doa, what do you well, think? I think um, I mean I think uh, well TSM is is certainly not an organization that's uh, afraid of controversy. So <laughs> I don't think we can be. Uh, surprise you know that they they made this move um but you know i'm kind of with uh with ben on this that uh i just i think it's it's better that uh people just kind of wait and see what happens in in this game and not be so uh quick to judge and i personally haven't looked at any of the evidence with this i really am not familiar with the situation deeply but um it's a uh, you know we right now in in league you know we're, there's a big problem with riot being judge jury and executioner right in in their games and and that's a that's a big problem for for the the scene um, and I don't want to see Reddit be that in Overwatch right because I mean you can't on one hand say oh riot you can't uh, do all these things to the teams without you know proper evidence and without uh, you know letting an objective impartial group decide what's going on. Uh, and at the same time, be on Reddit saying they can't; these guys can't play. They're always going to be cheaters and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you need hard evidence if you're going to, you know, show that somebody did something. And until that exists, I think uh, in this situation, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? And proven guilty means real hard evidence. 
that is shown to be true. Yeah. Or at least Bl- uh, that, yeah. Blizzard's probably Blizzard. the judge in this <laughs> in this whole scenario too. So. Um, I'm yeah, not, I mean, we'll I mean, see. Yeah. But. It's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think unfortunately, you know, this type of again, this type of news was was you know kind of you know just uh, obviously took more of a negative. Uh, uh, angle you know with with all this but in the end you know like you said ben there's another big esports organization joining into overwatch and um obviously a lot of people you know keeping an eye on overwatch too I mean, we had we had a uh, shack actually tweet at seagull like a couple of days ago right to, to join the the nrg guys over there so that that was pretty crazy too uh, just just seeing um you know just again just more prominent figures especially you know Shaq being a, a team owner and obviously a huge celebrity and in other sports and things like that so uh yeah overwatch just growing and just at least overwatch esports growing that's um, great to see i really hope we get a great spectator client to make sure it's a, it's a watchable <laughs> yes. game yes we haven't had we haven't made any strides in that i feel like like you know ever since agents rising where we actually had you know four people i think working the cams that's right, right? Agents Rising was the tournament. Yeah. That did that. yeah. Ever since then, Still. I feel like we haven't had like any move towards, I guess, that more of that type of setup. Maybe people are doing it that way, and I just haven't heard about it. But from what I'm watching, I don't feel like that's happening right now. No, pretty pretty <laughs> sure ZP still runs camp for like <laughs> no, nine out of that. ten tournaments. Oh my god! I mean, it's hard to monster. It's hard to staff all that, you know. It is, and but that's I think just, I think a lot of it too is I would imagine Blizzard's working on a more you know robust spectator mode right now, so hopefully we'll see some sort of evidence that that's happening pretty soon. I mean they've got to be working on something, right? But even robust spectator mode, it's still going to require more you know for it to be done well and right. I mean we're going to need more camera like cameramen than one person just running. Yeah, across, of course. You know, so it, I mean I've said from the beginning that like any major tournament needs like professional overwatch cameramen just like any other sport needs professional cameramen and these guys need to you know train well enough to do this and be you know paid appropriately for it and unless we have that it's going to be a a hard game to watch i think yeah and people are starting to talk about it a little bit so uh you know like us going up to these 300k tournaments we're going to talk about a little bit more I feel like we need to get that spectator mode really just the quality of the spectator mode or just spectating in general. Uh, we need to get it up there even even more because people's first impression of Overwatch esports is going to be, you know, it, it's a big deal. Like a lot of people will be turned away from it and, you know, might not come back for a few months. So you just got to make sure the product is as good as it can possibly be. Um, but we'll talk about more of those events in just a second. Uh, so another, another bit of news from the teams is uh, Bird uh, is leave, leaves uh, Northern Gaming Red, which uh, well, it came out recently. It was like the last day, I believe, um, that that this news here. Northern Red Game, Northern Gaming Red. Um, I think they they, per- they performed really well at Agents Rising and maybe a tournament after that, but ever since then they've been pretty quiet and it uh, sounds like they've had a little bit of upheaval there, but, um, you know, it's not that big a news, honestly, like have a play- one player leave, but, uh, you know, it's just, again, just uh, just proof that there's still some flux happening here and, and teams are still trying to figure out how to gel properly and, you know, how to actually do this full time, you know, and practice and be on the same page, which can be very, very difficult when you're talking about six people being on the same page. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, MGR, NG Red had so much momentum. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I did not 
expect this team to ascend uh, as quickly as they did. And they were taking maps off great teams consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, Bird was one of the X factors on that mm-hmm. team. I had never heard of this person before. <laughs> I still have no idea what game Bird played previously, who he is. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, his name is Bird. Like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like birds, I guess, birds are cool. Yeah, birds, birds are Se- cool. Seagulls, are birds, seagulls right? doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it sucks for NGR, but uh, I'm sure yeah. Bird will find find himself yeah. part of a new flock soon enough. Um, plenty of teams uh, could round out with a player of his caliber because he was really one of the DPS anchors on that team. Probably one of the best soldiers in North America. Yeah. And actually, Admirable, Admirable did a pretty good write-up on all this. You guys can check that out. There was definitely some drama involved here, but not worth going into all the drama, so you guys can read read the uh, article. Uh, sounds like he already has a team that he at least has his sights set on, so uh, yeah, he won't be teamless for very long. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about that article. Uh, sounds like he already has a team that he at least has his sights set on, so uh, yeah, he won't be teamless for very long. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about events, guys. So uh, obviously, lots of events. Um, you know, some ongoing from previous week, some new, uh, some announced, and then uh, again, some some uh, events that are going on overseas that that uh, Adoya will catch up catch us up on. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about. Um, it's just kind of ESL Atlantic Showdown, right? That's still going on right now. They did top sixteen, I believe, this this week, and. Um, I don't know if there's really that much to talk about, to be honest. It's still, it's still fairly early on. This, this. It's still event, the qualifiers for the qualifiers. This event, sorry, this event literally yeah. is going on way too long. It's, it's, it's hard to keep I up mean, with, to be honest with. I, I get it. They're trying to be fair. I mean, it's, it's the first major tournament for ESL, and yeah. they don't want to just seed teams into the bracket. Like they want to give as many opportunities for people to qualify as possible. So I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, and it's going to end, I mean, it's going to produce a pretty epic tournament. I mean, these teams are going to not just have gone through one qualifier, but uh, multiple qualifier phases before we actually get to the playoffs bracket, which which is good. I mean, it, it gives a chance to everybody to get in, into the action. So, Well, I mean, hopefully it'll just mean we have a super competitive group of teams as a result, you know. Yeah, they will definitely definitely have earned it. You know, whenever we see the finals in, at GamesCon, um, but yeah, you, you guys can obviously check that out just during just during the week. It's um, I, I think we've got some more matches tomorrow. You can check that out on ESL underscore Overwatch. Uh, another big event. I mean, this is the biggest event, at least from the standpoint of prize pool. Announced uh, was announced this past week, which was the Overwatch Open. It even started actually this this week. Uh, with with some of the qualifiers already, uh, so, so Face It and E League are teaming up together to do a three hundred thousand dollar tournament, which uh, will will be played obviously online, and then the the grand finals will be uh, in the Turner Studios, so it's going to be broadcasted on TBS as well as streamed on Twitch TV uh, as well. So that's huge. I mean, Overwatch on TV already, <laughs> like in in North America, it's pretty that, awesome. Yes, that is like fantastic uh that that really surprised me i knew they were probably going to do something but i didn't know they were going to do it so soon and 300k is i mean that's crazy like 100k you know with, with atlantic showdown was obviously the previous high but this is triple that so that is that is crazy uh yeah what do you guys think yeah, yeah. What do you guys- 
It's great. I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's great to see uh, big money coming in. It's great to you know hear that Overwatch will be on television. And I've always said you know you don't need TV to grow esports, sure. but it certainly doesn't hurt. You know, I'm not going to reject that. Obviously, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, of course, it's great. Tons of money uh, on the line here, and it's coming sooner than everyone thought. I mean, we have mul- we we've. Now four hundred thousand dollars in prize money <laughs> that will be given out in the next month. Month, yeah. Well, actually, the E League stuff actually wait. A little over no, a month. The qualifiers for the E League, yeah, uh, will be over in the next month. But uh, Atlantic Showdown will be wrapped up already, and uh, the money is pouring in from multiple sources, including mainstream media. It's pretty great. And uh, mm-hmm. I saw someone in chat putting on their slasher hat <laughs> earlier. I'm going to put on my slasher hat for a second, and for mainstream television. I, I can see why Turner is interested in, in this game hmm, totally. because it's not going to be terrorists winning by planting a bomb <laughs> oh at the God. end. Okay. That is, this is so much better for television in so many ways. I think uh, even though the game is insane and hectic and probably harder to follow than counter-strike uh, it's going to be applicable to such a wider audience because it isn't about terrorists planting bombs. So uh, sure, I can right. see why Turner is interested. <laughs> Yes, potentially, potentially more accessible for sure. Um, I think what we're seeing too is is uh, we're seeing what happens when the esports future of a game is, you know, planned far in advance of the game's release, and we're starting to kind of see that there's a you know there's a lot going on behind the scenes for Overwatch, right? To try to make sure that Overwatch succeeds as an esport, and I think this is kind of. The first time this has really happened, where there has been so much effort put into uh, preparing a game to be a new esport, not just like a, a fun game, you know, which is mm-hmm. which is really neat to see. And I think this type of thing is what we're going to see for you know a lot of other big titles going forward. Looking at the future of the industry, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, I think this is going to kind of become the standard, right? Is a, a lot of good prep and then a, a strong start, hopefully, which uh, Overwatch seems to be having, and hopefully that'll continue. Yeah, actually, honestly, I think this is a smart move from Turner as well, simply because the scene is not established yet. With Counter-Strike, you have the Majors, you have DreamHack, you have uh, ECS, you have all of these leagues competing for attention of all the fans. It's a good time to get in, for sure. I mean, if Turner can come out of the gate and knock it out of the park with their first tournament, they actually have a chance of establishing themselves as like the most important Overwatch League. I mean, right now, it's certainly the case with 300k. Uh, so with the with with us not really knowing very much about the long term esports plan from Blizzard, this they could seriously establish themselves as the major player. Who knows? Maybe Blizzard even decides to work directly with them for their official leagues. Like this is the position that it feels like Turner is trying to put themselves in, and I think it's super smart. Mm, that's actually a really good point. It's definitely a huge risk because. You know, 300k right now, and given just even just whatever viewership that we do get for Overwatch, it it doesn't warrant a 300k tournament. Like just from the standpoint of you know just whatever you know just uh, revenue they can make, right? In terms of that, so this is just a huge investment into Overwatch, and and that's a. I think you might be onto something, Ben. Like them trying to position themselves as just the partner, kind of like ESL was, right, for a long time. Good good idea. Yeah, with the Legends and and things like that. So uh, just other other titles like that. So 
Uh, yeah, 300K is, is going to be huge. So the question is, is are we going to get Overwatch people actually hosting these things and casting these things? Because right now we, we're seeing a bunch of CSGO people doing that, right? You know, at oh, for, for the yeah, and the community's all up in yeah, arms. Oh my exactly. god, they don't know all the teams perfectly. Their camera work is bad. Yeah, it's their yeah. first broadcast True. day. Yeah, exactly. Get your head out of your ass. Exactly. They're going to get better. Yeah, DDK. One day notice, man. DDK did. Oh, it's 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 pretty tough to cast something when you don't even know like the day before that you're going to be casting this. Um, and uh, by the way, ZP announced earlier today that he's going to be flying out to London like oh. tomorrow or yeah. something, and he'll be casting about the next qualifier. Shout outs to ZP oh, making nice. it happen. Yeah, well, so he deserves it, man. <laughs> he's been working his ass off. All right. Well, anyways, exciting. Definitely exciting. Just to again have the the, the potential for all these. Uh, just just you know, the, the just having such a, a grand scale tournament like this. Um, next up, we've got. Let's see the the Nexus Cup Finals. Yeah. So, Doa, you want to uh, I guess give us a rundown on how that all went, and uh, just what the teams what teams were involved. Oh, I totally zoned out. I was reading Twitch chat. Were you talking oh, to me? Yeah, so the Nexus Cup. So Nexus Cup. Oh, Nexus yeah. Cup. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, hi. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, I'm that's glad why that it's not just me that, read, that happens That's why you don't well, read Twitch chat during shows, guys. <laughs> I know, I know. I was reading the stuff about Heart of the Swarm. And uh, just just to, to touch on that for a moment, the, the amount of planning that went into Heart of the Swarm as an eSport is nothing compared to what's going on with Overwatch right now. So I don't think you can really compare the two. But anyway... Moving on to uh, the Nexus Cup. Um, yeah, Nexus Cup was a China versus Korea tournament in Overwatch, probably uh, the biggest Overwatch tournament in Asia um, so far. And it ended up with a Korea versus Korea finals. Shocking, maybe not. Um, and it ended up being a UW Artisan, uh, which was thought of for a long time as the best Korean team, mm -hmm. versus uh, MIG Frost, which is now absolutely the best korean team they started winning uh, a lot about you know maybe two or three weeks ago but man they they crushed the nexus cup they 4-0'd the finals it was not a close 4-0 and uh yeah it was it's it's going to be really interesting to see if these guys start to travel internationally you know what they're going to be able to do against some of the na and eu teams i'm really curious about it yeah that's a that's a surprise to me because uh as someone who was only able to really tangentially follow the Korean scene, like the popular notion was that UW Artisan was like the number one team. And then we've been seeing MVP space kind of, I'm not sure if they actually played in this tournament or not, um, but they've been no, doing no. okay in the Ghost Gamers weeklies. So it's yet another team. It's the frost. It's frost, right? That's uh that's crushing it. And to hear it yeah, wasn't good old frost. Close, like I want to see this team play against North American and, yeah. and European teams. Now that's, a, that's What's that really very well. Cool. I mean, what's really neat is that, you know, Woom once again has been able to find this group of players and uh, bring them together, get them to dedicate themselves to the game and just create a great team. And he's not even playing with them or coaching them right now. He found a coach, uh, this guy that has like over 12,000 hours of, of uh, TF2 play. And uh, wow. and all the, and his players too. Most of them came from Heart of the Swarm. Actually, yeah, that's a crazy thing. Is not a lot of them. Probably more than half of them did not have FPS background before they started playing. That's crazy. And they've become so good so fast. And it, and it really is just kind of a, uh, a it's it just kind of shows how obvious like uh, tons of practice is hugely beneficial in a in a team environment like that. So mm -hmm. it's cool to see. 
this just in, guys. Koreans know how to practice for video games. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, we've we've talk, definitely talked about it. It's just a matter of flying these guys out to some event or being invited to an event. And um, it's getting there, guys. I think it's almost to the point where we maybe maybe by the end of the year we'll see some kind of fully global event. It doesn't have to yeah, be like these regional I, qualifiers. Sure, I mean, yeah. even just an, an inv- invitational with just whatever we think are the best teams. And Do, do I need to host a tournament again? Exactly, right? Don't make yeah, me do it. Do it. Don't make me. <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, I, I still think that uh, NA and EU are probably stronger overall. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I want to see like a truly globally competitive esport for once. You know, I want to see one where Korea's good, but they're not always the best, you know? Yeah. It's at least worth the discussion, you know what I mean? At least having that 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 uh, narrative, you know, to have, you know, again, all the, the entire world, you know, just competing in these instead of just, just two regions. So, um, yeah. yeah, hopefully that will happen soon. Uh, but until then, I guess we'll we'll have to you know keep getting Nexus Cup uh, I guess updates from you or whatever. That's it. Like, it's over. It's over. Yeah. What's it's what's over now, happen so, next? Uh, so what's the next league for? Um, uh, you know, honestly, I'm not I'm not quite sure. There's been uh, wow. cups here and there. There's been like smaller tournaments going uh, off and on in Korea that yeah. uh, I need to do better job of keeping track of. Um, <laughs> but as far as major stuff uh, upcoming, there's nothing really officially on the horizon yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm sure there will be something soon. Uh, just more leagues. I would imagine there will be. Yeah, yeah. Was the viewership good for that, by the way? Like, what was the viewership like for the Nexus Cup? Um, I'm not sure because it was on. Uh, it was streamed on a combination of Chinese streaming platforms and also uh, the Inven Global Twitch stream. And uh, I didn't watch any of it live, so I'm really not sure what the uh, viewership was. And Chinese viewership numbers, you have no idea if that's accurate or not. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, so moving on to the Ghost of Gamer Weeklies. Uh, ben, you want to give us a quick update on that? Yeah, I think the the thing to call out from this weekly is pretty simple. Uh, we United, which is the team led by Too Easy now that he's been ousted from Reunited, <laughs> uh, was able to win both Ghost of Gamers Weeklies, both the NA and EU, this weekend. Uh, obviously, not a ton of super, super high-level teams joined these tournaments, but... We United is really looking strong. I mean, they're they're just the next up and coming team, uh, adding to our ever growing pool of teams. I mean, we're getting to the point where there's basically four or five, even maybe six, like high level teams. Not that can compete with Envious, or not all of them can compete with the likes of Cloud Nine or Code Seven. But you know, we're each region is kind of getting this decent pack of, of high level teams, and I, I think that's pretty cool. So good to see Too Easy still in the game. Uh, and a lot of people have been enjoying Shadowburn's Genji play. Like that guy is just ridiculous. Um, so I've been, you know, we've been watching them quite a lot these last couple of days. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, winning both of them—that's definitely, definitely uh, an accomplishment. Um, so we'll have to see if they get re- at least get through the qualifiers for some of these other tournaments or get invited to some of these tournaments. It'd be, it'd be cool to see. Reunited versus We United—that would that would be that would oh be man, the hype, pretty epic. <laughs> I'd love and to then see if, the cast. Uh, they both like break up and make a new team together. They can be like three united or something. Three united. Who knows? Oh man, I'd, lo- I'd love to see the casters at least have to cast that. That would that would be like a caster challenge type of thing. <laughs> be pretty I funny. Not, I would not look forward to that. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick shout out. So we um, we do this podcast obviously on um, 
Twitch as you guys are watching right now, but also on iTunes. A lot of people listen to the podcast. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Mathalias, who uh, was the last person to leave a five star review and, and a you know just a nice message there. And if you guys enjoy the podcast, I encourage you guys to um, leave a five star review. It helps the show a ton in terms of people finding the overview on iTunes as well as uh, Google Podcasts. If you, know, you can find the, the show there too. Uh, but that's a great way, again, just to help the show. If you, and you don't have to pay a single dime or anything. You know, it's just leaving, leaving some nice words. That's it. Uh, all right, let's move on to the meta that we saw in a lot of these events. And we, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit as we were talking about the balance changes. But, um, yeah, what's the, what were the big trends that you guys noticed while watching you know, the events uh, in terms of you know, just the new, the, the, the new patch, or at least the last week's patch, kind of finally hitting hitting home and we've seen the the teams uh you know coming out with their compositions i think uh you're seeing a lot of the stuff that people expected uh zenyatta way up diva way up yeah um mccree way up soldier way down reinhardt down a little bit um you know mercy down now that there's another you know good support option uh so yeah uh, i think i think we're kind of seeing what the patch of suggested we saw mm-hmm. but uh, it is kind of scary to see like Farah just disappear instantly, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. when you think about the implications of like Diva combined with McCreams and Yada and all that, it's not too surprising. Yeah, I mean, with this patch, there's a lot of obvious things that we knew were going to happen. We knew McCree was going to get picked a ton. We knew that Zen was going to be super, super strong, and they have taken number one and number two spots in, in most picks over the last week, uh, respectively. Um, no surprises there, um, but because Zen is now so popular, we're basically not seeing Diva anymore. It's like Zen and Lucio. I mean, Zen Mercy? and Lucio. I mean, Mercy, right? Or did it, what did yeah, I say? Diva. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Mercy. Yeah, yeah, Mercy Diva just disappeared. Right, I can't blame you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Mercy is really falling off. Um, hardly picked anymore. Uh, I think she's still decent on defense. Uh, some teams are still picking her on first point of the... Uh, Assault maps on the the ones that start with the capture point and move on to payload. Sorry, that those ones. Yeah, whatever those are called. My brain has stopped working. Sorry, guys. Um, but Mercy's fallen off so fast as well. Um, and all these things were pretty much expected. Diva, we knew she was going to be good. So naturally, that means you're going to see slightly less of all the other tanks. So we're seeing slightly less Reinhardt, slightly less Zarya, slightly less Roadhog. Actually, a lot less Roadhog for a reason we'll talk about later. But yeah. So uh, I was going to say, I was going to say with the whole Diva thing. You know, when we had Hulk on, Hulk didn't actually think Diva was going to be that good. If you remember that that conversation, right? Um, and it's kind of crazy because Diva literally is being picked uh, by on by almost every team, no matter if they're playing offense or defense. So, yeah. so it might have been just a realization. I, I you know just a quick realization once they started practicing some more. Sometimes it's hard to see that stuff before you actually get yeah. in the game and, yeah. and play a lot with it. So and that yeah. that was like on the yeah. day of the patch. So I can't, yeah, I yeah. can't be too hard on the yeah. guy. Yeah. No, no, I'm not hard. But, uh, I'm just like I, I just it's want just to talk kind of, about the. It's interesting that. How dare you! <laughs> So, so everything we just talked about was yeah. super obviously going to happen, or mo- most of it. Yeah. Um, for me, the one thing that actually stood out the most, which I didn't for- foresee coming uh, as much as the other things at least, was that Genji has rocketed into the second most picked DPS character by yeah. actually quite a large margin uh, for a lot of the top teams right now. Um, and my kind of my hypothesis for this is he's really the only other DPS character that can effectively deal with McCree now. Uh, because Genji, first of all, super hard to hit, super dodgy, 
Uh, his dash will get him up close and personal with McCree very, very quickly, which before this patch was even better, but now it's going to be harder to do. But yeah, basically Genji is really one of the few viable DPS characters that can deal in a 1v1 situation with McCree. So all of a sudden, Genji rocketed into uh, the meta mm-hmm. as a high, a high, 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 high pick rate. Uh, and because of that, we've seen a little bit less Reaper. Um, you know, Tracer really hasn't made a big comeback either. But yeah, I think really for me, that was the most interesting uh, change up that we saw this week is just how, how much Genji's been picked now. Yeah, it makes sense, I suppose. It was kind of like a, the rise of Reaper a little while ago, you know, when we started to see these three tank pushes once in a while. It made yeah. sense to bring in Reaper a little bit more. And that is kind of one of the cool things is that, like, uh, changes to certain characters will affect uh, how good other characters are, you know, as well, too. Not just in terms of Farrah going down, but now, you know, Genji coming back up again, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, Aposauce in the in the chat is also pointing out that more Zenyatta means that Genji is also better, too, because uh, even though the Harmony Orb disappears after three seconds of not having line of sight... Uh, you're still Zenyatta is able to play much further forward, and Harmony and and Genji really just go well together. So yeah, yeah, good for that. It is cool. Um, I wanted to mention one thing with the the Mercy stuff, just to backtrack a little bit. Uh, I was watching some envious C9 scrims the other day, and I was talking with the supports on those teams about um, about that, and uh, they were saying now you kind of can make the choice between Mercy and Zenyatta in that uh, Zenyatta affords you the ability to prevent damage coming into the big wombo combo and all that, and also provide a little bit more DPS and all that. Mm -hmm. But Mercy gives you that big second chance in case things go wrong. And so it really kind of is like a strategic decision is, do you feel confident that you can prevent the bad thing from happening? Or do you want to have that like second chance held in reserve, you know? It looks like for now anyway, a lot of teams are just saying, hey, we're good enough. We can prevent it. We want the extra damage and the pushing power that Zenyatta has. And, uh, but, you know, so I, I think, you know, we will still see Mercy used a bit, and that's what we are seeing. But it is cool to see teams kind of making that strategic decision on, like, how they want to play and what they think their abilities are going to be based on those two support heroes. It might be just this initial trend, too. Like, we, we tend to see, yeah, like, like a, a very knee-jerk reaction to two changes. And uh, sometimes... You know, not giving enough, you know, of a chance to what was being nerfed or or changed. How much of the mercy, um, you know, just the drop off in mercy? Do you think has to do with just the the um, you know, just the res change, right? The res not happening as much as it it was happening before. Before. Oh yeah, I almost <laughs> forgot. That's, that's like kind of a that's <laughs> kind of a big deal, that. right? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that part of it because you can't yeah. like you know yeah. tempo res like you used to. You know, bring the McCree that dies <laughs> right. back up again right. and then still have the res for tempo the big team res. fight later. I like it, man. Tempo yeah. res, good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's definitely uh, pretty interesting. We we do see Symmetra every so often, like on Hollywood. Like I saw C9. Run a symmetry on Hollywood. Just good on some apps. Yeah, just uh, as uh, almost like a, a mercy replacement, just for you know, instead of res, you have a teleporter, right? Uh, kind of similar, yeah. in, in at least the effects of the uh, the utility. So uh, I think you can make arguments for like Hollywood and Hanamura, probably for Symmetra. Mm, yeah, on defense, yeah. maybe both Skyer, but that's almost never played. So. <laughs> oh, poor Symmetra, man. <laughs> For Symmetra, she'll get something. Yeah. I'm sure she'll get something down the road. Um, maybe she just maybe her shields should just do fifty instead of twenty five. 
I don't know. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, hmm, I I feel like Symmetra be. priority list is definitely down. Right now, I think Ana is probably number one. They're trying to still figure out how to get Ana in there because we haven't seen any Ana, you know, in these events. So I um, think we will. Yeah. I think oh, we it, will. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Especially now with the buff she's gotten. Uh, mm-hmm. Teams just need more practice with her. Yeah. So we, we saw a uh, last bit, bit, at least for the meta, we did see some May actually being being thrown it's out tiny. there by Tailspin of all people. That was pretty cool. I mean, he was wrecking he was house with it. That gone. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think about May? Just like close quarters, you know, just with, I mean, she's still, she can snipe too, right? So, um, you need to work pretty well for him. Yeah. I mean, it might have been just like one of these things just to surprise them, to, you know, just never do again. But it was pretty epic when he did do it. <laughs> just proves <laughs> you these guys can play all kinds of characters too. It's crazy. I, I've said it so many times on the show. I still think, <laughs> even with her current kit, I still think that May in the right hands can be so crazy good. Uh, the problem with her is you're just always on the razor's edge. I mean, if you don't hit that perfect ice wall, mm-hmm. if your ice block is on cooldown, if you don't get the freeze and the Genji gets away, you're basically useless. So she's always on the razor's edge of being incredibly useful or completely useless. Um, and of course, when you have a player like Tailspin, it's going to be... <laughs> the former rather than the latter more often yeah. Um, yeah. i think she does need some love though uh I, I i've said it before i just like i kind of wish her left click was more aoe so like when teams are engaging you can slow down a group of them instead of just one oh, or geez, something no, like please. that oh my god something that would like be that. so op ridiculous dude oh okay whatever i don't know somewhere between uh, her ult and left click oh my god crap. that'd be crazy all down as much as her current left click but i don't know that's it, my idea if it but. was just like slow and not like slow to a freeze maybe maybe something like that but right now it's just like oh my god i mean if you can just like sit there and just freeze people i mean that's that's incredible I, you know I, crazy I, I do agree that like uh, that razor's edge is what keeps people from playing may more i mean she's i feel like she's very high risk high reward you know and that a good may player uh, can be very very good but she's just too risky you know it's it's she's got she's got you know what you might want to call like zenyatta syndrome right where before the patch Zenyatta, you know, was he could be very good, but he was so fragile, he was so risky to play that it just wasn't worth it at the pro level. Yeah, and May, I mean, it takes some time to actually pull off May's, you know, effectiveness too, right? I mean, unless you're like sniping sure. people with a right click, but her left click, I mean, you have to be able to avoid being shot or position yourself in a way that you're not being shot by two people while you're engaging. One on ones are obviously the best scenarios for her, and. um yeah, so it's tough. It's definitely tough to play her, but it was cool seeing. Definitely seeing. You know, throwing I up mean, the wall. He blocked. I mean, he blocked people with a wall just to trap them. And well, good the stuff. way he, yeah. the way Tailspin used that wall too, uh, a, a lot of the times was to split up an incoming right. push. Yeah, right. Where exactly. you can just like separate one half of the team from the other and kind of divide and conquer, which I think is is a really scary prospect uh, as far as like an attacking team going into a May. Like a good May player can really mess up your engages. So uh, I think there's certainly room for her in the, the competitive scene. It's just people apparently need uh, need more practice with her. It's more of like an ice wall in like League of Legends, right? A video ice wall, that, ty- sure. that type of, just like you said, bisecting the army. So uh, we, we were, Ben's been talking about that forever, man. So I, I definitely can, can It's not even that him. hard. It's not even that hard <laughs> really to cut people it. off. On like half the maps, there are these choke points where you can cut off half the team. But even then, it's still sometimes so difficult to capitalize, you know? Well, I mean, sometimes the like the angle of the wall gets like like the sensitivity of you know how 
how it places or at least the little, you know, how it highlights on the ground can be very sensitive at times too. So it, it doesn't feel like League of Legends where it's just like, okay, I, I can, you know, the controls just feel very, very simple and, and straightforward. This one, you know, there's some, there's, yeah. a, there's, there's weird depth perception too, to it. So, well, in League Two, if you're looking at the Anivia pick, uh, generally she's picked as a counter to uh, certain uh, heroes that want to get in the back lines and AOE people. So you can focus on zoning that one person out. Yeah. And so it's a little bit harder to just focus on one person Overwatch because mobility is so high in the game. Mm. But just being able to drop a wall between half the team is so strong because you also find a lot more chokes in Overwatch maps right. to do that kind of thing than you find in League of Legends where the map is you know much more open. Uh, let's see. One thing I wanted to show that Ben actually uh, linked me here was um, just hero picks, right, for the weekend tournaments. Uh, somebody actually on Reddit actually made a, a, a chart, actually full, uh, that shows everything. Let me show you guys here. And uh, this again, this better kind of this this better way of summing up, I guess, everything we've been talking about in terms of the meta. And yeah, no surprises at the top there with McCree's and Yada and Lucio. Uh, but Diva and Reinhardt, that's kind of interesting. You think Diva's yeah. okay? So here's a question: Is Diva secondary tank, or do you think Diva's starting to take over primary tank from Reinhardt? You can be primary. I feel especially yeah. on offense. Yeah. Uh, so all you teams. need is like a Lucio speed boost and a coordinated team and a Diva defensive matrix, and you can get your teammates wherever they really need to be. Uh, so I do think that she is she can be a primary tank. I mean, she synergizes very well. If you have like a Zarya or something like that as well, like yeah. as soon as your matrix is done, she can get the bubble and keep surviving. And don't forget that after she uses her matrix, she can still fly away and then she'll have her matrix <laughs> right. again uh, in just a couple of seconds. So yeah, I think she can, she can be the primary tank for teams. And she, I think she's almost a Reinhardt replacement. You can play Diva and Reinhardt together at the same time. It's a little bit low on damage, but it's certainly doable. Seems like Diva Winston and Diva Zarya is what we've been seeing a lot of lately. And uh, on offense, Diva provides uh, an ability to break hard points that Reinhardt kind of lacks in that she can go in vertically on uh, threats like up and down, mm -hmm. whereas Reinhardt can charge in. And yeah, he's got, you know, Fire Strike or whatever it is he's called to throw at people. But, you know, Diva is able to, you know, leave the payload or leave the team for just a moment and run up there and deal with a sniper or deal with a Torbjorn or something like that. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot more Diva on offense. Um, not a little bit on defense, too, of course. But I think offensively, that's where she kind of really shines right now. Yeah. Plus her ult. I still think her ult is being oh, it's like, great it's now. underrated oh, right it's now. Oh, it's super yeah, good. it just moves people. It. You know, like it forces people to, to actually you know, like moved an entrenched type of position too. And she can just sit yeah. there chasing down people too. So it's, it's actually really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I think it's scary. too good. You think it's actually just right? What do you guys think? I think the ult's in a good place now. I don't think, yeah. Uh, I think it's good. I, if, anything, if anything needs to be toned down, it's just her matrix. The rest of her yeah. kid is not OP at all. Yeah. I don't think. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I think your defensive yeah. need matrix definitely needs some adjusting in one way or another. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I think her ult is finally where it should have been all along, where it's it's escapable, but it's not so easy to escape. Because, you know, back before the patch, you would, like, never hit somebody with their ult. If you hit someone with your ult and you're deep, you're like, wow, who's that moron that got killed by my ult, you know? <laughs> right. But uh, now with yeah. three seconds, it's, it's more reasonable. Oh, there are legitimately a lot of cases where you cannot escape a diva ult if it's placed well. You just yeah, can't. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. 
it happens uh and that's that's okay with me so yeah yeah definitely the tanks are in a good spot i feel like the tanks generally like just the different combination we're seeing all kinds of combinations with the tanks on different maps and and offense anything yeah anything i just feel a little bit bad for roadhog players right now because mm-hmm. uh they're just getting discorded oh. immediately yeah it's actually roadhog and winston for i don't yeah. know i don't yeah. know what exactly it is about those two but for whatever reason those are the first discord targets every time and they just big. go down so fast <laughs> i mean they're, they're big and, and they also yeah. don't really have many defensive measures to stop the damage from piling in winston's shield doesn't last very long um, you can just walk inside of it, and uh, Roadhog has no shields. So, yeah, I think it's as a Zenyatta main, it's it's super easy to just be like, all right, that guy's going down, and then you just sit there and headshot him while your team focuses him. Yeah, I mean, you just literally you you don't even have to shoot. Actually, you just Discord Roadhog, and he just instantly melts. Oh, I want that kill. No, I want that kill too. I'm just saying, like, it, it, even just Discord by itself, like your teammates will take care of Discord. I mean, the Roadhog too. So, yeah, it's definitely a tough time, which is. Too bad because Roadhog actually was, I, I feel like, a very, very, um, you know, important piece of a lot of the compositions, and we 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 saw He's some teams rising. He is still pretty good, but I, I think Code Seven's a lot of Code Seven success had to do with Roadhog too. Just Harbu playing just unbelievably without Roadhog, so we'll have to see how yeah you know, they react. To I that. mean, at the end of the day, if a Roadhog catches a Zenyatta, that Zenyatta is still definitely, <laughs> yeah. almost definitely dead. You know. So a good Roadhog, I still think, can be pretty effective, but he is more vulnerable now, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And actually, I just want to address really quickly before we move on, yeah. just one question for you guys that uh, Dust Murray was saying in chat. Uh, is Zenyatta too strong? I don't know, actually. I don't think if he's too strong, uh, if, he, if he's tuned down, <laughs> I, it would have to be very slight because I think he's really ridiculously good right now, for sure. Uh, but I don't think he's OP. I think Anna, uh, like, in no way, no one part of his kit makes him OP. He's just so well-rounded. Um, I could see them, you know, they talked about maybe giving him 175 health instead of 200. I could see that yeah. working. I, If any change, I, the thing is, I think if they're going to make a change, they need to pick one thing and change it. Because if you change, like, three things at once, it's really hard to tell, you know, if it worked or if it didn't work. You know, if experimentation should involve small changes to study over time rather than a bunch of changes at once because that really doesn't you know give you any good data but uh i would say if anything i'd like to see them reduce his uh harmony and discord orb speed you know back to where it was or at least a little bit slower anyway mm-hmm. and see if that you know brought it down to where we maybe saw a little bit more mercy being played but um i, I don't think he's in that bad of a spot he's certainly really really I, strong but i don't know if he's as op as everybody says he is I think he's just a really tough character to to change because um, the way he, you know, the DPS aspect of him right now, I think is a really great, like design wise, I think it feels really good. Like, and this is, you know, this is my kind of designer hat coming out, but like, I I think it feels really good. And and it's like something that I would not want to change at all, like uh, in terms of, um, you know, just how, what, what kind of character he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this DPS support hybrid, you know, like, probably the only one lucio you know he does some but he doesn't really put people down be. you know like like uh he used to i still remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he did. i remember the, the giant balls lucio days. Yeah, the giant green i balls. love that, that guy yeah, back yeah. In the day. <laughs> so he we, they have to be careful with him the thing that i would change honestly is i would rework his right click it can be still offensive in some way and i would maybe tone down his discord actually a little bit 
tone down his discord. You can make him even more of an offensive support uh, with just more ways to attack. Keep he can keep harmony the same, but uh, I'd like to see that discord right now. I think is the part that's extremely powerful, and it's yeah. powerful from your entire team standpoint, not just Zen engaging. You know, not like a sleep. You know, and stuff like that. It's actually. You know, like melting, like you said, melting Roadhogs, melting Winston's. I mean, it's it's literally a click of a button, and that happens. You know, that that's yeah. a little crazy. Actually, it's so easy to cast too. So maybe just yeah. a tiny bit, like ten percent or something like that. I think that would probably be enough. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But what if you had something like where when you put discard on Discord on somebody, the damage that they would take would be would ramp up over the course of oh. three seconds oh. you know okay so okay. if they, like it that. incentivize yeah. people to cleanse it off with like a zarya or you know get rid of it some way uh, or idea. you know yeah. go into hiding and they'd have a little bit more time to deal with it right you know rather than instantly be taking that much more damage that it would ramp up over a second or two yeah okay i think that would be pretty good too actually the cleansing like do I don't know. Like I haven't really talked to the players a ton about this, but is cleansing something that people is that at the forefront of people's minds? Like whenever they're seeing this, I mean, there's no point. He can just reapply Discord right. That's instantly. What I mean. That's that, there's something yeah, really bad. If there's a Zarya shield, yeah. you can't put it back on right away. Not on that one person, but yeah, just... or like if Reaper uh, Wraith walks or whatever. But the thing is, is like other cleanses take that character out of the fight for a little while anyway. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it is something people could maybe do a little bit more with, but you're right that it doesn't make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when we talked about the patch on the show last week, I was like, hell yeah, Zenyatta need these changes. All of them are awesome. But I, I, I still, to today, I don't really understand why they made Discord basically instant. Uh, its yeah. travel time was already super fast. Like it <laughs> yeah, already was, took. It, was it never right. took more than half a second to get to the target anyway. Yeah. But now it's actually instant. So you never have to think about who you're discording. You just discord, 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 discord all day. Well, discord fire at the so, same time, and then you you land yeah. your first ball. Like you land that damage like yeah. immediately. So I've decided I like my damage ramping idea. That's going to be my. <laughs> I like my, it. Push uh, it. I like it. I like it too, man. I like it. I see everyone in chat likes your idea too. Exactly. So yeah, I think it, it gives that. the enemy team a chance to respond, and it still offers you know that same mm-hmm. uh, scariness, right? That Discord has now. Yeah. All right. Let me ring up Kaplan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have have some kind of indicator for it too, so like you you kind of know where you're at. You know, just like you know. A little bit like Zarya, you know how powerful she is, right? When when she's charged up sure. her shield, that sort of thing. That'd be cool. Um, okay, well, have like a sound uh, indicator, but it's on you, you know, that just like sounds scarier oh, as the second. <laughs> oh, you mean the little? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The little aura sound. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, let's see. Last thing I have here is uh, more for you know just a little segment that I had more for the casual beginning beginner players. Uh, somebody on Reddit actually wrote up a a pretty cool guide um, about comms and just etiquette on comms. You know, meaning voice and just the the whole voice system for uh, Overwatch. And it's actually by uh, this guy Bithmark. And let me link it in in the chat. And for those of you that are, you know, again, just newer players, it, it's a cool rundown as to just, um, you know, what, what generally people, I guess, expect or, or just general etiquette to things that are uh, just a good way to use comms and, and what and how it can be used in terms of shot calling and, and uh, working with your teammates and things like that. Uh, he did a good job of, of walking through that. Uh, Doa, it looks like you wanted to add something in terms of 
Gosh, when you have a language oh. barrier, oh my gosh, that'd be so hard. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. just just yeah. kind of something interesting. Uh, and I, yeah, I like that article too. But um, I play on the Korean server, so it's it's by large mostly Korean players. Yeah. With uh, you know some Japanese, some Chinese here and there. You know some other players from around uh, Southeast Asia. But um, like uh, I I obviously can't. My my Korean's pretty good, but it's not like fluent so i can't communicate quite as easily so i just concentrate on saying like character name and then direction so i can say like in korean you know reaper is behind or something like that mm. and just like saying that kind of stuff constantly you know as a support player has done it, it does a lot of good you know mm -hmm. in terms of letting people know where threats are and being able to respond to that quickly so if you're playing on a team where everyone speaks the same language as you, I mean, that's really all you need to say. Even you just need to say this character's over here, just like let your teammates know where the enemies are. And I think that's like a big part to just being able to coordinate better. Yeah. As long as you're not raging guys and, you know, tilting and things like that, uh, you know, for the most part, talk on comms, like people don't care. Like people like it when people talk on comms. So, uh, you know, if you want to be the shot caller, just start calling shots, you know, and then the, the, the uh, team will tell you if they, they don't like it, you know, or not. Uh, so encourage, what again, I found too try is to get people to talk. You can be a shot caller without being a shot caller in that, yeah. uh, you know, you can call the shots just simply by doing things like saying where the enemies are, mm -hmm. saying yeah. that your alt is yeah. ready, asking your teammates when their alts are up, you know, and even though you're not actually telling them I'm the shot caller and kind of like <laughs> like uh, overtly taking that leadership role. Because I think in like solo queue, people will be like, why is this guy leading us? How is he qualified? Yeah. But you can kind of take the lead by sharing information, you yeah. know? Yeah, agreed. Well, give it a read, yeah, guys. And, and again, big kudos to uh, uh, Bithmark. Yeah, Bithmark for it's quite the read. It is, it is, and it's yeah. cool that people take the you know this amount of time just to write something up like this. You know, this isn't on a website or anything. This is literally just on Reddit. It's a guide on Reddit. So, uh, really, really cool. cool. To... Yeah, I posted the link in chat for you guys. Cool. Uh, all right, so let's take some questions. Let me see if I have any questions on on uh, Twitter here. If not, go ahead and take some from Twitch. Uh, okay, so Pillar Keeper has one. Have you seen the Sombra ARG Reddit hunt? Thoughts? I, oh my god! I haven't. I haven't it's kept so up cool. With this at all. <laughs> it's so crazy. I didn't even believe it at first. Uh, Blizzard marketing, man. These guys are just <laughs> too smart. Sounds uh, neat. If you weren't following the action, basically in the last Overwatch trailer or cinematic for yeah. Anna, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just ending the video normally, there was like some static. And people took the static, <laughs> arranged it into rows, made yeah. it into a barcode, translated that into binary, translated that binary into English, and it it had some cryptic messaging in it, uh, which it's was crazy. which is actually crazy that it's crazy. you know they that they're actually doing this. Like this is not obviously not a simple thing to do at all. But they snuck it into the trailer, and uh, some Reddit detectives figured it all out. Um, the Reddit the Reddit post was adorable because the dude's like, I don't even play Overwatch, but I've been doing this for the last eight hours, and he's like so excited, and everyone's so excited like with him just to be deciphering this crazy code. Yeah, uh, I don't really remember much more detail than that, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't have any theories on Sombra quite yet, but uh, 
I'm just it's basically sure Sombra will be the next character. <laughs> I'd be really, yeah. really shocked. Well, we thought it was going to be Sombra for this character, yeah, yeah. by the way, but uh, it uh, pretty sure she's going to be a stealth character or some kind of character that has some kind of stealth yeah, that's pretty much abilities. Mm-hmm. That seems fairly obvious. Uh, Sombra means shadow in Spanish, like all of these different things. Um, Reaper says, where's Sombra when you need her? Whatever, blah, 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 goes on and on. So probably going to be a stealth-ish character. Stealth character sounds in interesting. That's that sounds pretty OP <laughs> like to me. So if she's a DPS character, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, stealthing into back lines and things like that? That'd be crazy. I mean, hopefully it's like in uh, you know, Halo when somebody's cloaked where you can kind of like see the shimmer in the air, you know. Oh, so like if you're watching for it, Templar-ish. you can tell. You know? Yeah, 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 kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, that, that too, yeah. that's true. And, and you can still shoot her, right? Like she's not invincible, or yeah, of course, invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that would make sense. Uh, all right, so uh, Cafe Socha has asked, um, "How do you think the one hero limit is playing out?" Great. Yeah, I think it's playing out great. Great. Mm-hmm. I was on the fence. I was a naysayer. I'm converted. <laughs> I'm converted. Yeah. It's just. I mean, especially yeah. now with like Diva. Can you imagine having multiple Divas oh, in the current iteration? Like, can you imagine? Like, kind of, I, I play some quick play like every single day because I play. I play like a little bit of both with my son. Every single day, we run into a five Diva Lucio six man. Like literally every oh, single day. And just it pick is Zarya. so hard to kill. Even if you pick Zarya. Like you have to play Zarya actually well. You have to play Zarya well to actually beat five. It's much easier to play five divas than five Zarya. And oh my gosh, it's just crazy. It's just like nonstop nukes and and actually the pilots. When you have so many pilots out, there's just bullet just lasers flying everywhere. It's freaking crazy. So yeah, thank goodness we don't have to do that in competitive. The spam either in competitive anymore, which is which is nice not have to deal with or do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one year limit. Was great, definitely a great addition to competitive. <laughs> I, I still wonder if Blizzard has officially thrown in the towel, or if we're gonna see them like attempt to go back to no hero limits later. I don't know. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope they don't. I think it. it's. I think it's just like really a Pandora's box that you don't want to open from a balance standpoint. Yeah. You know. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I don't have any more questions from Twitter. There's uh, a couple here in chat that we can knock out real quickly. Sure, any news on which major Korean channels are really showing Overwatch? Spo TV, Gom TV, or OGN? Yes. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, there are leagues being planned and or which channels they will be on. But uh, I'm sure we're going to see something pop up in Korea in the near future. Okay, cool. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. Sorry. I just wanted to look at you funny in the camera. Um, (laughs) Isa2485 says, at what point do you value meta picks over comfortable picks, uh, as in characters that you're good at in competitive play? Tough question. I think that totally depends on what your skill rating is and who you're playing with and what your comfortable characters are. I think the, the bottom line general message is like, everybody needs to break out of their comfort zone and play more characters. Like just learn as many characters as you can because that is going to keep changing and it's very valuable to have more characters in in your repertoire. Like, I don't know if there's a good answer for that question. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good to just get in quick play and play whatever you Mm -hmm. see, you know, feel is fun and you're going to discover stuff that you want to practice and play in competitive then. 
Yeah, I mean, that being said, I, I, I feel like you shouldn't try new characters in competitive mode, though. Uh, that's not going to... That's not going to benefit you, no, that's and, not- and that's not going to benefit your team either, because you're you're not rated based on you know just new characters. You're rated based on the characters you're good at. So definitely go to quick play and, and learn those characters. Play you know get comfortable with those characters there, and then break it out on competitive mode. I have to tell my son that all the time. By the way, <laughs> he always changes <laughs> characters. Like oh, I just want to play you know Zarya or something today. Like he never does. I'm like you can't do that in competitive. Like we have to do that in quick play because. You're not going to be any good at it, and we're just going to basically be, you know, six v five essentially, or six v five and a half. So uh, yeah. I've had to explain that to him recently too. Yeah, I I need to learn Zenyatta, like I said, because um, I'm in that same predicament. I I'm lost on defense um, because my standard pick of either Pharah or Soldier is no longer really that viable. And I play a bunch of tanks and I play Lucio if I need to. But if I'm playing a DPS character, I don't know what to do. So yeah, I, I need to add a few more characters to my repertoire for sure. I think McCree's really... I mean, if you can aim McCree, <laughs> yeah. you can play. I played McCree like a grand total of twice. I just... <laughs> just I don't know why. Play. It's not my character. <laughs> time. You know, honestly, the thing is, is like, if you're... You know, unless you're in like the '80s in competitive play, I think you can probably still play soldier. You know, yeah, it's just harder. Mm-hmm. I think like lower because that's that's the thing that people uh, it's it's an issue with like other games too, where like if you look at league and you don't lock in a, a meta champion, everyone's like, oh, how can you play that terrible <laughs> champion? He's so bad, nobody plays him. It's like, well, hey, this isn't a pro match, so I don't need to play you know, whatever is, like, the only meta pick right now. So I think in, in most ranks of Overwatch competitive, you can kind of just play whatever you want. I mean, with an exception of, like, Torbjorn on offense right now or, like, Symmetra on offense right now, you probably shouldn't be playing that because it's kind of just going to be bad all the time. But nearly anything else. Like, if you want to play Soldier, play Soldier. If you want to play Pharah, play Pharah. The other Diva on the other side is probably not going to be good enough to shut you down, you know, as much as, like, you know, somebody in a pro match is. So you can kind of yeah. still, for the most part, play what you want to play, I think, in most ranks. I, mean, I think that's a good message just generally because a lot of people, you know, I've been in games where people just pre-game, right, there's like this argument over like what people should be playing. And I'm always encouraging, hey, just let them play what he's comfortable playing, you know, because we don't have to follow what the pro meta is and all that stuff because we're not pro yeah. players. So And you don't like, know that that guy that you told, you know, if you he wanted to play Junkrat yeah. on offense and you told him he couldn't because you thought it'd be bad, you don't know if he would have actually been really good, but now he's going to be bad because yeah, exactly. he's trying to play with McCree and he's terrible at it, exactly. you know? So I think as a general rule of thumb, don't tell other people what to play. Yeah, no, I, you, I, you, yeah. you're like, oh, we really need a Reinhardt. I don't know about a Junkrat pick. And then the Junkrat goes Reinhardt and he does the charge. He just charges <laughs> yeah, in dude. every time and dies instantly. And <laughs> in the end of the game, he's like, dude, I fucking suck at Reinhardt. I told you. Yeah, I like, Let him play what they want to play. We had that oh. happen with, with the Bastion. Like some guy picked Bastion on offense. And they're like, oh, my, don't pick Bastion, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, just let him pick Bastion. Like, you never know. Like, he might actually be pretty good. Dude, the guy was MVP. Like, on our team, he was just crushing with Bastion. So, uh, you know, until you yeah. get up to the 80s, literally, like, pro level, then, you know, just. Yeah, I think if you're below 80, different. you don't really have a right to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't play. No, 70s is pretty but good. But I do too, anyway. <laughs> 70s is pretty good too, but but uh, definitely yeah, below maybe. 70s, you know, just you got you should give everybody a chance at least with whatever decent com- or just composition maybe plus or minus a couple characters, right? So um 
just to keep things, you know, just from being toxic, of course. Gosh, still have these toxic games from time to time where people just go of nuts. Course. Yeah, but that's just normal. If somebody tells me I shouldn't play something, I just immediately mute them. Just mute them. And then that's I just what the mute button's for. Exactly. It's like beautiful. And then you exactly. just start wrecking house. So it's cool. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to be it, guys, for the show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in the questions again. Lots of good ones, uh, as usual. And, Doa, it's always a pleasure having you on. It was fun last time. It's fun again this time, man. Thanks. It's, uh, thanks for the invite. Uh, it's gonna, I can guess you're off to work after this, right? Yeah. Well, I got to get, uh, get set for the league broadcast. So, yeah, heading to the studio in like an hour or two. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, any shout-outs you want to do, or where can people find you? Uh, just, uh, watch our OGN stuff. Uh, it's a uh, twitch.tv slash, uh, LCK one for league of legends. Definitely, uh, go and watch at that. Monty and I are going to be casting nights. Should be a lot of fun. And, uh, then for the hearthstone stuff that, uh, Papa Smithy and I have been doing, it's just twitch.tv slash play hearthstone. We cast that twice a week now too. So nice. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Hearthstone channel. Nice. Yes. Hearthstone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ben, realize that. Ben, you want to do some shout-outs? Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, make sure to follow or subscribe to the Competitive Overwatch subreddit if that's what you're interested, which I'm pretty sure you are because you're watching this show. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, one thing I noticed, Chris, is that the chat was talking about Heroes of the Storm. They were talking about Street Fighter. We were talking about all kinds of games. Like, maybe we should just do an esports show, man. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, God, it's so man. But, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, I, for watching. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Fishsticks. I don't know why I pointed out my back. I'm not wearing a jersey or anything. <laughs> um, it's the player inside uh, of you, man. I'm really tired. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Oh, I, don't, I was going to stream after this, but I'm just way too tired. Get some rest, man. Yeah, get some rest, yeah. man. Got to catch up on that. Um, it's not time to practice Zenyatta now. <laughs> you're going to love Zenyatta, by the way, Ben. I, I, I guarantee you you'll love Zenyatta. He's the best. He's love Zenyatta. Um, uh, as for me, yeah, just a big shout-out again to two, both of you guys for doing the show today. Uh, all, everybody for watching. Um, you can find me, um, you know, us all on Twitter. Our Twitters are actually on the screen right now. Um, I actually do a, a few other shows this week, so you, uh, if you're – into more of the casual side of Overwatch, I actually do another um, show that's Overwatch-related with uh, Garrett and Patrick tomorrow morning, which is going to be 11, um, 11 a.m. And then it's called Overwatchers. Uh, do my Hearthstone show, Value Town, tomorrow at 5 p.m. And then we have a show where we're going to be talking about Stranger Things. That's called Spoil Alerts. That I do. So, with, so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do with Elohim and Eat My Diction. So you can watch that on Elohim's stream on Thursday at 1 p.m. So, yeah, lots of shows, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. You can find the VODs for this on YouTube.com slash which I'll have up in about uh, maybe maybe for you guys tomorrow morning because I probably won't be able to get it up by the end of the night, as well as the audios. You can find all the audios for all the overviews on um, uh, iTunes or on Google Podcast, uh, Music Podcast, as well as Stitcher. A lot of the aggregators like Stitcher and Pocket Cast, you can find the, the show too. So check it out there. Uh, until next week, actually, guys, next week I'm not gonna be here next week, so well, it's gonna be, we're gonna have to skip a week. So in two weeks we'll be back. So uh, hopefully you guys can play a bunch of Overwatch and then uh, join in. I have a lot of questions, and I guess uh, join in our discussions that we'll have in two weeks. So until then.